All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another live stream. Yeah. All right. We did one yesterday where we talked about the World Economic Forum, and I think it went pretty well. We took a deep dive into that. Um, one thing that we mentioned and talked about was the uh, the young global leaders, which is basically a pipeline of people that go through the World Economic Forum globalist finishing school to then become like our our leaders, man. They get they end up in all these different positions of power and stuff like that. And I thought that it would be interesting to delve even deeper into that and see what uh, some people um, yes, find out some more, some other people that are doing that sort of thing. So in a little bit, we're going to go through a different article, and I hope that that's interesting to you guys and worthwhile. I think that it is. Um, so we're going to do all that, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, let's see here. Get situated how I want to be. So, um, yeah, just like uh, for those of you guys who have not seen the um, – the other video, uh, you can check that out on YouTube. My YouTube channel is, I uh, just type in John F. O'Donnell into search. It's youtube.com slash jfodcomedy. So you can check that out. Um, it's called, it's called, uh, what is the WEF all about? Um, and it basically is a deep dive explanation based on a great article that we went over yesterday. Um, also just a couple other things like some housekeeping up top before we get into the, uh, before we get into the, um, into the other article that's going to go into specifically the, uh, the young global leaders, uh, who are, who go through the world economic forum, uh, uh, you know, system. Um, also we're going to, also this article is about <clears throat> how, the World Economic Forum has been coordinating the pandemic response, which is super, super interesting uh, to check out. Uh, so we're going to do that. Um, but uh, what I wanted to say first is uh, if you're not part of jfodnews.com yet, please sign up for that. That's my newsletter. I'm going to be being uh, more consistent with that. So all you got to do is go to jfodnews.com and sign up for that. Um there's the free option, which is cool. There's also the option that there's also the paid subscriber option, which helps me out. Uh, so it's up to you. Also, there's um, my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash TYPP. That's patreon.com slash TYPP. Uh, if you want to throw me some cash there. Uh, also, my Twitter is at the real JFOD. Uh, so that is uh, where I'm trying to be more active. And I'd really like to be consistent with these live streams. That is the plan of action. So with all that being said, let's jump into this article. Um, okay, let me share this. There we go. The WEF and the pandemic. And there he is. There is Klaus Schwab right there, the chairman and founder of the World Economic Forum, just looking as creepy and sinister and evil as ever. Um, I did find it interesting in that article yesterday. It said that, yeah, he is the face of the World Economic Forum, but it does not appear that he really is the one who is deciding 
uh, you know, who gets put in these different positions of power and stuff like that. He's more like a figurehead, which again begs the question, how in the world can an organization pick a worse figurehead than this dude who just makes you immediately think of the Third Reich? It's absolutely insane, but, you know, whatever. C'est la vie. Okay, here we go. Uh, the World Economic Forum and the pandemic. Okay. Um, all right. So just a little bit of background. This is similar to yesterday, but I think this is an important topic. I think that there's a really big blind spot about the uh, the World Economic Forum still, especially on folks on the left. I think on the right too. And because it really is an issue that transcends the left-right divide. I mean, this is like the global class who is like looking to... Um, who is the, this is like the globalist transnational capital class who really is looking to take over uh, every aspect of our lives. And I think it's at least good that we know about it. So here we go. The, uh, the Davos World Economic Forum, WEF, is a premier forum for governments, global corporations, and international entrepreneurs. Okay. So this is like the intersection of governments and global corporations and international entrepreneurs where they all get together and figure out how they want to, you know, uh, just run shit. So, and the World Economic Forum creates the platform for that. It was founded in 1971 by engineer and economist Klaus Schwab. The World Economic Forum describes its mission as, quote, shaping global, regional, and industry agendas and improving the state of the world. According to its website, moral and intellectual integrity is at the heart of everything it does. Wow, that sounds pretty good, right? I mean, these people, I think that they think that they're doing good works. It is possible, but I'm not, I don't really care if they think that they're doing good work because they're basically control freaks who want to have top-down control of every aspect of our lives because they think they know better than us how we should live our lives. So they want to globally govern us. Govern me harder, daddy. I don't think so. Um, okay, and it's very interesting how involved the World Economic Forum has been in the coronavirus pandemic. They've been involved in very many, very many ways, several ways. Okay. This is pretty interesting. First, the World Economic Forum was, together with the Gates Foundation, a sponsor of the prescient Event 201 Coronavirus Pandemic Simulation Exercise held in New York City on October 18th, 2019. Yeah, do you guys know about this? They did a tabletop simulation of a novel coronavirus pandemic on October 18th, 2019 in New York City. And it was brought to you by... Um, the World Economic Forum in conjunction in conjunction with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, in conjunction with Johns Hopkins Health and Security, in conjunction with a number of international organizations like the UN, the World Health Organization, prominent members of the media, prominent members of academia, uh, heads of multinational corporations, heads of government, uh, all sorts of things like that. They came together and they they said if there was going to be a global pandemic, here is how we would react to it. And then a few months later, there was a global pandemic. Uh, they are begging for you to become a conspiracy theorist about this stuff. But look it up. Event 201. It's absolutely mind blowing. Um, let's see. OK, it was it was on the same day as the opening of the Wuhan military world games seen by some as ground zero of the global pandemic. China itself has argued that U.S. military athletes may have brought the virus to Wuhan. We don't know. Um, 
But we do know Event 201 uh, is a real simulation event that they did, replete with fake news start uh, news stories from the uh, fake news outlet or the uh, the the news outlet GNN they created, Global News Network, where they talked about a uh, novel coronavirus called CAPS that broke out in uh, in Peru and led to the death of 40 million people. This was their simulation event that they did. Uh, but basically what you learn at the very least, um, what you learn if you, if you watch like highlights of it and you watch the people talk about what they would do is you learn how the globalists would want to react to a pandemic. So you can then understand better the playbook that is being played out right now. Um, so what, one of the things that they talked about uh, in social media and the social media realm was flooding the zone with information, making sure only their official narrative information got flooded into the zone of social media so they can control the narrative. And obviously they've been pretty good at that uh, because uh, they're really good at, at, uh, at marginalizing information that cuts through their bullshit. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's that. Let's see. Yeah, there you go. Okay, what do we got here? We got some, oh, we got some folks in the chat. Very cool. Propaganda Live says, um, okay, cool, cool, cool. GNN is like, C GNN is like CNN. You're absolutely right. Um, but let's, uh, let's see, let's see. Welcome. Thanks for being in the chat. Um, okay, second. The World Economic Forum has been a leading proponent of digital biometric identity systems, arguing that they will make societies and industries more efficient, more productive, and more secure. In July 2019, the World Economic Forum started a project to shape the future of travel with biometric-enabled digital traveler identity management. Okay, stuff like this is what's happening. This is the onboarding of the vaccine passports. That's how they're starting it. They're basically... Uh, trying to get us to push into these vaccine passports. Initially, they're paper cards. Then there's apps you can download with QR codes. And eventually, they're going to want to add more and more of your information onto these digital IDs until they're completely fleshed out digital IDs with multiple components, one of which being all of your health records to show and make sure that you're not a, a, a dirty biohazard walking down the street, you dirty, dirty human meat bag. Another aspect is going to be all of your biometric identity so you can prove have to prove who you are every place that you go and another component is going to be your digital wallet and all of your central bank digital currency your your uh, your fed coins uh and all of that sort of programmable money that can be shut off at any time and all of this will come culminate in your social credit score um pretty cool let's see so it says um yeah in July 2019, the World Economic Forum started a project to, quote, shape the future of travel with biometric-enabled digital traveler identity management. Uh, in addition, the World Economic Forum collaborates with the ID2020 Alliance, which is funded by the Gates and Rockefeller Foundations, and runs a program to provide digital ID with vaccines. In particular, ID2020 sees the vaccination of children as an entry point for digital identity. All right, there's a lot there. One thing I want to say before I forget is first of all, these people are not elected officials, okay? These guys these are these are private citizens. These are private multinational corporations. They are people that work there, all that sort of stuff. Not saying that corporations are people. Um 
Uh, but but basically, these are not elected. These are non-elected uh, technocrats who really want to impose so much of what they think is good on us without us giving informed consent at all, because we don't even know what the fuck is going on, which is incredibly frustrating and really, really uh, nefarious. OK, so, oh, by the way, I want to say this article is really great. It's from a, an organization called Swiss Policy Research. They do really good work. They're definitely worth looking up. It's uh, swprs.org. I'll put that. Uh, I'll put that link in the chat at some point too. Um, so yeah, again, they're saying here. In addition, um, the WEF collaborates with ID Twenty Twenty Alliance. Okay, that's like this thing that's funded by the Gates and Rockefeller Foundation runs a program to provide digital IDs with vaccines. Like I was just saying, they're trying to attach the digital ID to the vaccine. Uh, so a lot of uh, people are starting to think that it's it's like it's not about the vaccine, getting everybody to get the vaccine as much as it is to get everybody onboarded for the full fledged digital ID, which is really an interesting thing to think about. Um, let's see. We got anybody going in the chat here. Cool. Yeah. Julian Assange warned us that we were the last free generation from complete life surveillance. Well, Julian Assange is a hero and it sounds like he is spot on with that unless we push back. I feel like if enough of us know about this, we can stop it. People say like, oh, well, what are you going to do? You can't do anything. You can spread the word because once a critical mass of people know about it, uh, they're not even going to have the people who are going to be able to partake in order to make it happen because people will know what's going on. They'll lose a lot of their useless idiots and whatnot. Okay. Third, moving on. The World Economic Forum founder, Klaus Schwab, is the author of the book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, published in July, 2020. Hello. He wrote a freaking book that came out a few months after the pandemic talking about what the post-pandemic world should look like. So you got the World Economic Forum running a simulation of what would happen if there was a novel coronavirus pandemic a few months before the pandemic. Then you have the founder of the World Economic Forum releasing his book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, a few months after the pandemic. Uh, hello. At the very least, this pandemic, it's undeniable that this pandemic has allowed them to, uh, has been a complete catalyst for everything that they want in their agenda. Similar or analogous, at least, to how 9-11 was a catalyst that allowed for the agenda of the Bush administration and the neocons. Everything they wanted to do with uh, invading, uh, you know, with all the militarism in, in the Middle East and with uh, the Patriot Act and all that sort of stuff, they got to do because 9-11 happened. Otherwise, the American people never would have stood for it. This time around, globally, if there wasn't this pandemic, the, uh, the, the world masses would never have stood for these terrible lockdowns and all of this awful shit that has completely decimated the economy, gutted the middle class uh, at the behest of the, uh, the super rich who consolidated so much more power and money. It's unbelievable. Um, so let's see here. Yeah. So yeah. Published in 2020, which argues that the coronavirus pandemic Kenan should be used for a quote, economic, societal, geopolitical, environmental, and technological reset. Um, basically anytime you hear great reset, anytime you hear fourth industrial revolution, that is just a rebranding of the NWO, the new world order, man, including in particular advancing global governance accelerating digital transformation and tackling climate change. 
Now, this is interesting. Another thing they do, they use the issue of climate change in order to basically, they're basically doing it in order to co-opt all of nature and monetize nature. And they do it by holding the sort of Damocles of climate change over our heads. That's a whole other conversation. Um, Corey Morningstar has done great work on that. Um, she has a website called uh, The Wrong Kind of Green, um, which is worth checking out. Uh, let's see. I think it's called The Wrong Kind of Green. Let's see here. Um, finally, the World Economic Forum has been running since 1993, a program called Global Leaders for Tomorrow, rebranded in 2004 as Young Global Leaders. And this is going to be really interesting to like, we're going to name names today, y'all. We're going to name names of who these young global leaders who have gone through the globalist finishing school are. This program aims, aims at identifying, selecting, and promoting future, future global leaders in both business and politics. Indeed, quite a few young global leaders have later managed to become presidents, prime ministers, or CEOs. We're going to look into that. Um, let's see if we got anything going on in the chat. Um, interesting here. Uh, John, did you know Putin and, and, uh, and Xi, Xi Jinping are in on this? Uh, yes, I did. This is very, this is very much a global thing. Um, you know, there may be, there, there are definitely nation state tensions and, uh, and different interests and uh, provocations and stuff like that. But when it comes to this Great Reset, it really is happening on a global scale. In terms of the, um, the central, the, uh, in terms of the CBDCs, the central bank digital currencies, the, uh, the Fed coins, the programmable money that can be shut off at any time, that, can, that, you know, that you can only use within a certain amount of distance from where you live. You can only go to certain restaurants if your social credit score is high enough all that sort of stuff, um, money that you have to jump, jump through hoops for is, is, uh, the, you know, it can be said that Russia and China are on the forefront of that and that we're, we're still, uh, we're not as far along in that draconian awful shit as, uh, as they are. Um, let's see another, another comment. All my commie friends are pro great reset because G supports it. Yeah. I think that's weird. I mean, I think that in the name of people wanting to avoid Cold War 2.0, people in the West wanting to avoid uh, Cold War 2.0 and seeing all of the U.S. provocations of China, um, there is this weird, I think, tendency to have this like uh, cinephile attitude, this sort of like idealization of China um, and not realize that in uh, that they're doing a bunch of gnarly things uh, on their, on their side, on their side of it. And the U S and China actually work hand in hand to justify each other's, um, military spending and military expansionism and stuff like that. Because, um, so I think that maybe, maybe they have a blind spot there. That's my opinion. Um, I see you. Thanks so much. I appreciate the, uh, the comment. Hi, John doing some great work. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Um, all right, let's get back to the article. So yeah, the uh, the world, the young global leaders. We're going to get into that during the coronavirus pandemic. Several, several World Economic Forum global leaders and global shapers. They also have the global shapers. There's the there's the young global leaders and there's the global shapers, which is a junior program of the global leaders. Holy shit, they got like a pipeline going all the way. Have played prominent roles, typically promoting 
zero COVID strategies, lockdowns, mask mandates, and vaccine passports. Yeah, so all of this shit that I disagree with, um, that a lot of people disagree with, that have had no say in the matter, this may have been a largely failed attempt to protect public health and the economy, or it may have been an attempt to advance the global transformation agenda outlined above, or perhaps both. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the author here is being a little bit too charitable on saying both. I'm very cynical about this, and I believe it's an attempt to advance the global transformation agenda that's outlined above. Um, and I think a lot of the... Um, I think a lot of the uh, the people in power, uh, they don't necessarily even know what the case is because I think they've just been groomed to become these figureheads and these mouthpieces. Um, here we go. Now we're going to start naming some names. In this regard, some notable young leaders include Jeffrey Zintz, who I never heard about, who's the U.S. White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. Hello. Uh, Stefan Bonsell, the CEO of Moderna. So look, look at already. You already have um, two high-level people, one of which high-level in the government, uh, having to do with uh, with COVID response, and then another one high-level that's uh, the CEO of Moderna, who is making so much money uh, off of these off of these uh, medical procedures and stuff like that. Unbelievable. Um, so we're naming names. This is fun. You got Jeremy Howard, um, the founder of the influential lobby group Masks for All. I wonder what they're about. Um, Leanna Wen, zero COVID CNN medical analysis. I don't know if you've ever seen her, but she very interestingly, she so she goes on there and, and you know, and spits fear, fear mongers all the time. And then also there's a video of her like she was also at the. Uh, I wish I brought I wish I I wish I saved this tab for this video, but she was at the uh, the Boston bombing and she was asked as a doctor to speak about what was going on there. I've heard a lot of people say that she's probably an intelligence asset. So that's kind of interesting. Um, OK, here we go. This guy, Eric Fiegel Ding, zero covid Twitter personality. Yeah, this guy is the guy who tweeted out that uh, fraudulent CDC study um, that I did a. Um, that I did a video about for YouTube that got pulled off YouTube called CDC lies about natural immunity. Um, I'm going to be releasing that as a podcast. Uh, but, but yeah, but basically all of these great uh, journalists and doctors poked all these holes through this CDC study, but he was uh, peddling it on, uh, on Twitter. So that's how you, that's how you flood the zone with information on social media. His stuff gets amplified all over the place, but someone responding to it, that shit gets removed for being, uh, for violating community guidelines. And you got Gavin Newsom. Hello, the governor of California. Pretty amazing. Um, then you got Debbie. Oh yeah. He was selected in 2005. He went to, that's when he started his, uh, his finishing school to become a globalist leader. Uh, Devi Shridhar, um, British zero COVID professor, Jacinda Ardham, the pre the prime minister of New Zealand. She has been absolutely draconian with lockdowns. Um, Greg Hunt, Australian health minister and former World Economic Forum strategy director. OK, this guy's obviously contributed to the completely repressive totalitarian response that Australia's had to the pandemic. French President Emmanuel Macron, hello, selected one year prior to his election in 2017. 
And sometimes these people get selected like when they're already somewhat into their political careers. And then it's uh, it's understood that they keep attending meetings and they keep kind of like, you know, being nudged and being told what the agenda is. And then they just, you know, then they enforce it. Australian Chancellor Sebastian Kurtz, German Chancellor Angela, Angela Merkel, uh, selected back in 1993, German Health Minister Jens Spahn, and former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, a leading proponent of global vaccine passports. Wow. And we're going to name some more in a little bit. But isn't that crazy, guys? That blew my mind uh, to find that out about... Um, um, about uh, about all of these people that have gone through this because it basically basically people always say, oh come on, you know you're being a conspiracy theorist. How could so many people get together and uh, and and organize something like that? It just doesn't work like that. But this is showing how, in a top down way, it actually does. If all of these people who become these influential figures, these policy makers, are not actually even the, they're not even the policy makers, they're the policy implementers that they um, who present themselves as being your elected policymakers, hello, uh, how does that happen? I'm showing you how it happens right here. Um, here we go. In conclusion, the Davos World Economic Forum has indeed been involved in the strategic management of the coronavirus pandemic with a major emphasis on using the pandemic as a catalyst for digital transformation and the global introduction of digital identity systems. So there it is a major emphasis on using the pandemic as a catalyst for digital transformation. It's the fourth industrial revolution. It's transhumanism, ultimately the merging of man and machine down the line and the global introduction of digital identity systems. That is a full-fledged digital ID replete with biometrics, replete with uh, cashless society, digital wallet, replete with all of your health records and everything in between uh, leading to a full-fledged social credit score system that decides what you get access to in life. Moy negativo bra. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see, what do we got here? Um, cool. So now I hope you guys are finding this interesting. Um, we're going to find some stuff with the world economic forum, young global leaders. Um, this will be interesting. Oh, this is an interesting graph. I'll, I'll put the link to the, uh, I'll put the link to this, uh, article in the chat. Let me just do that right now. Cause as well, I remember, because um, this is really interesting, this digital identity, the 2018 vision of the World Economic Forum. So in 2018, they came out with this. Uh, it's a digital identity, okay? And basically, it covers healthcare, financial services, food and sustainability, travel and mobility, humanitarian response, e-commerce, social platforms, e-government, telecommunications, smart cities. Um, yeah, digital identities. You got your entities, your devices, your things, and your people. They basically cover it all. And they present themselves a lot of times in this language of collectivism, the language of the progressives, uh, in order to fleece people into their further consolidation of power and wealth. And it's ridiculous. Um, let's see here. So World Economic Forum, Young Global Leaders. Here's an overview of some of them. The World Economic Forum. World Global Leaders from 2005 to 2021 and Global Leaders from Tomorrow, 1993 to 2003 is what it was called before that in politics and media. Okay, um, here we go. 
This is interesting. United States, politics and policy. Again, this Jeffrey Zins guy, um, who's the White House coronavi Coronavirus Response Coordination 2021. He was selected back in 2003 to be part of the uh, Young Global Leaders or the fucking Global Leaders for tomorrow. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, again, Jeremy Howard. We saw that. Uh, Gavin Newsom. Oh, look at this. Pete Buttigieg, y'all. Pete Buttigieg is being groomed to be a globalist. I guarantee you they're going to push to try to make this guy president uh, in the next couple of cycles. Um, selected in 2019, candidate for U.S. president in 2020, U.S. Secretary of Transportation since 2021. So yeah, Pete Buttigieg. Oh, uh, Chelsea Clinton. Hello. Uh, you know, she's a Clinton Foundation board member, obviously. Um Huma Abedin, who's been a high-level Hillary Clinton aide for a long time. Nikki Haley, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. There you go. This shows how bipartisan it is. Right there. You got Huma Abedin, obviously a hardcore Democrat. You got Nikki Haley, hardcore Republican. Both of them right there, side-by-side side in the list of uh, of being um, of being these globalist trash mongers. Um, Samantha Power, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., U.S. Aid Administrator since 2021 and USAID, you know, uh, yeah, which is the um, United States Aid and International Development. Um, I think that's the right acronym. It uh, that oftentimes has been a front for uh, for CIA activities, as in they say they're bringing in aid, but they also bring in all sorts of other things to destabilize nations to get what governments we want to be in power. Um, you got Ian Bremmer, whoever that is, uh, Bill Browder, okay, Jonathan Soros, son of George Soros, uh, Kenneth Roth, director of Human Rights Watch since 1993. See, that's interesting. So something like Human Rights Watch is supposed to be like uh, something that keeps the government in check, right? Or that keeps like, uh, yeah, that keeps, like let's say, the war machine in check by watching out for human rights. But industries like these are actually oftentimes controlled opposition, which is really messed up. Uh, it's it's why they'll sometimes, the World Economic Forum will sometimes have what appear to be opposition figures included in their programs. So it looks like they're open to criticism while at the same time they're controlling the narrative of that criticism. Paul Krugman, famous economist. Larry Summers, former World Bank chief economist, former U.S. Treasury secretary, Harvard president. I mean, oh, yeah, here's one that's mind blowing. Elisa Garza, Alicia Garza, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, selected in 2020. Talk about the complete co-option, if not uh, if not manifestation of the BLM movement uh, by globalist interests. I know that's very controversial, uh, but Alicia Garza is now going to be groomed to <laughs> be a globalist. Um, and she's a co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Uh, right there. There it is, which is pretty interesting. I wonder if anybody's got any uh, comments about that. Um, somebody's got some, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some pukey emojis going on just in general. Um, Propaganda Live wrote, social credit score is not going to be good for people like us. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I'm going to score super high in that regard. Um, okay, interesting. Let's see. So, yeah, so Alicia Garza, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, is a young global leader, y'all. Um, so just talk about, just tr try to think for a minute about how much the Black Lives Matter movement has been co-opted by uh, the corporate state. I mean, suddenly... 
every corporation loves black people all of a sudden get the fuck out of here it's like a number of years ago how suddenly every every corporation loved uh the lgbt community um it's all bullshit um they don't give a fuck let's see media all right so we're gonna keep going through this for a little while uh, i hope this is interesting to people uh media cnn medical analysis liana wen as you got to look her up she's been like she is flogging the narrative. She's like basically would want kids to wear masks in school forever. You know, she's flogging like the the doom and gloom hellscape apocalyptic pandemic fucking narrative. Um, and she just sucks. Um, CNN medical correspondent Sanjay Gupta. We all know how much of a tool he is uh, recently exposed for being a complete nonsense artist liar um, when he went on Joe Rogan. Um COVID Twitter personality, Eric Fiegel Ding. I'm telling you, this guy is just a liar, straight up. Um, Andrew Ross Sorkin, New York Times financial columnist. Yeah, they have the whole media captured too. Thomas Friedman, New York Times columnist. George Stephanopoulos, ABC News. Lachlan Murdoch, Lachlan Murdoch CEO of, Cor of Fox Corporation. There you go. There you see him side by side right there. George Stephanopoulos, Democrat. Lachlan Murdoch, Republican, left-right divide, right there. Both of them groomed to uh, be pushing this divide-and-conquer message of the global agenda. Um, okay. Technology and social media. Microsoft founder Bill Gates. No shit. Uh, this guy. There's an amazing documentary. You got to look it up by James Corbett called Who is Bill Gates? If you could find that. Um, just look up Corbett Report, uh, Who is Bill Gates documentary. And uh, it really just blows the lid off who this guy is. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, let me put this link in this in there before we go. Cool. Got it. Um, let's see. Former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer. Ooh, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Uh, think about that. Think about the crazy transfer of wealth upward. Uh, during the pandemic, $3.8 trillion going to the already super rich Jeff Bezos. And then us getting what we got, our little bit of money um, had a twofold effect. One, we basically spent it on buying stuff from Amazon. So it went right, right back to Jeff Bezos, number one. And number two, also the way that the economy was flooded with cash has led to this new inflation that's just going to get worse. And, and it's actually because there is a purposeful decimation of the economy happening right now. This is not a mistake. It's by design. They need to destroy this economy so then they can have a great reset and build back better, which, by the way, is a globalist term that came out of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and the World Health Organization. And now all of these countries are using it. It's not just like something that Biden came up with for that bill. So anytime you hear anybody talking about Build Back Better, you got to know that that is a Trojan horse and that is garbage city. Um, oh, here we go. Google co-founders, Sergey Brin and Larry Page. You guys starting to see the picture here? Google CEO, Eric Schmidt. Wikipedia co-founder, Jimmy Wells. Oh, that's why Wikipedia can be a compromised outlet. If something's too uh, radical, it's going to be scrubbed from there. PayPal co-founder, Peter Thiel. This guy's a real creep. He runs Palantir now, which is like a, a data collecting, super fucked up uh, military adjacent or a corporation. eBay co-founder, Pierre Omidyar. This guy, he runs The Intercept. 
which is supposed to be this kind of like anti-establishment, anti-national security state, anti-technocrat news outlet, but it's owned by a technocrat. And this guy also owns a lot of the fact-checking sites where something will be fact-checked, but it'll actually be fake. But actually, something that'll actually be true will be fact-checked, and the fact-check will be a fake fact-check saying that it's false so people won't have to look into something that is not the uh, mainstream narrative. This guy owns those things. Awesome. Oh, Facebook co-founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Um, Yeah, this guy who now in his latest feat of just being a total piece of shit is uh, is set up his is is is, is rebranded Facebook as Meta because he wants to create a metaverse to lock everybody into virtual reality in this anti-life movement of the fourth industrial revolution. Way to go, dude! Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg. All right, so that's uh that's the um. That's the United States politics and policy and also technology and social media. Now, there's more on this list. There's Great Britain, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tweet out this link uh, and stuff like that. So I'm going to suggest that you guys take a look at this on your own because um, because there's more to go through. And it's 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 interesting. But I went through the American ones, um, which is who we'd be most familiar with. Or at least I think uh, I think most of the people listening to this are from the states. Uh, I don't know, um, but uh, but it's worth looking into the people from Great Britain: Tony Blair, um, Lynn Forrest of Rothschild. Those are the Rothschild family, which is the co-owner of the Economist. Oh my God, they have captured everything. Justin Trudeau from Canada. Then you know Germany's got a bunch of people. You know European Union. Macron, you know what I mean? He's the president of France. Hello. Um, then they even have going to Switzerland. There's a lot. Then at the bottom of this, there's a really great video annex that um, that shows here's proof of Bill Gates in March of 2020 talking about how people are going to need to have a digital immunity proof, basically a digital ID in order for the world to come back in order, in order for the world to move forward. So he basically admits that that was the plan all along right there. Um, then this is a really great video of Snowden explaining of Edward Snowden explaining how, if we give away these rights, how hard it is going to be to get them back. And he's right. Um, and then this video here is about the uh, the Chinese social credit system, uh, which, you know what? Let's just play it. Let's see what happens. Why not? You guys hear that? They're constantly monitored by facial recognition cameras that are able to instantly put a face to a name. Now the Chinese are also ranked given a mark out of a possible 950 points. A score in the 700s is considered good. Around the 500 mark is not. For now, the number is a sort of bank credit rating, keeping track of everyone's spending habits. I think being ranked is a good thing. A society has to have rules. It forces us to be well-behaved. It may seem scary, but it's just like that here. We're used to it. And anyway, we don't have a choice. But in an effort to keep all of its subjects in line, Beijing is taking the system a step further in 2020. It's aggregating data gathered by banks, private companies and the state to rate if someone's a good or bad citizen. By using the most data possible, the so-called big data, the system will play an important role in rebuilding a moral society. 
The state will go oh, over God. every detail of a person's life with a fine-tooth comb. A financial situation, spending habits, career, even behavior on social media. Criticizing the government online or displaying outward signs of wealth is a no-no. On the other hand, raising the party or giving blood increases your social credit. Xiaowen Wang is a model citizen. She lives in Nanjing, a testing ground for social ranking. Married with a child, she has a job in a retirement home, no debts, and she wouldn't dream of jaywalking. As a good citizen, I respect the rules of the road. If I didn't, I'd lose points on my social credit. In theory, everything can be taken into account in the social score, even the most innocuous errands like supermarket shopping. When Xiaowen Wang makes an electronic payment, her purchases tell the state a lot about her. Buying cigarettes would count against her. On the other hand, nappies show she's an attentive mother. Beer could indicate alcoholism. She'd be better off buying water. In this pilot city... One thing I want to say real quick is it's crazy to me how people are like into this sort of thing. Um, how people are like... How they're like, yeah, this is good, this is good, and how proud this woman is of her social credit score. Unbelievable. Of 8 million people, there are only 18,000 model citizens. For Xiaowen Wang, there are perks to be had, such as paying half price for the bus. Oh, half price for the bus. All you have to do is give away all of your individuality. And public services, even at museums. And the library is free for me. Free library. A good score brings benefits but people with low scores lose rights. The cinema names and shames people considered untrustworthy, uh. plastering their details, even their addresses across big screens. It's a matter of principle. Those people have to be condemned. Those people aren't honest, so they have to pay the price. It's only right to pay your debts. You have to blacklist those that don't. The Supreme Court has created a blacklist for so-called bad citizens. Those whose ratings have dropped to zero. On it, oh, zero ratings. But also 23 million people to date. Oh. Among them is this journalist, Liu Hu. He got a little too close to uncovering corruption among high-profile party members. After being sued for defamation by the subject of a story he'd written, he was blacklisted. He only realized when he tried to buy a train ticket and was told he was banned from traveling. That tells me I'm still on the blacklist. Punished Crazy. because he's been branded untrustworthy by the state. Mm. Once you're blacklisted, you can no longer get a bank loan, start a business, buy an apartment, or even send your children to a private school. You who is among a tiny minority of people who have dared to criticize the system, which some are calling a digital dictatorship. I worry. Digital I dictatorship. Many like me will be deprived of individual freedoms. And all of us will live with restrictions of one kind or another. After our meeting, Yu Hu learned that his name had been removed from the blacklist, but he still has a long way to go if he doesn't want to languish at the bottom of the social credit hierarchy. Wow. That's wild. So, yeah, so we are in store for some sort of American version of that if we don't get our shit together. Um, I hope this has been interesting. Uh, I hope it was interesting to delve deeper and learn more about 
who specifically these young global leaders are. Uh, if you want to get more of an overview of the World Economic Forum uh, and the uh, uh, you can check out the uh, the YouTube video that I did yesterday. Just go just type John F. O'Donnell into YouTube, my YouTube channel. Subscribe there. It's the um, it's the uh, the latest video that I did. If you're not, a really great way to stay connected to me, what would be really cool is if you guys could go to jfodnews.com and just join my newsletter. I'm going to get more consistent with that. Um, so, yeah, that would be awesome. And I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate the uh, the feedback. Please share this around as much as you can. And, um, and yeah, I uh, it certainly feels like I'm very, very under the radar in terms of any sort of amplification for stuff. So any sort of help with that would be really appreciated. Um, oh, Sin the Alien says, missed you, dude. Welcome back. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm psyched to, uh, I'm psyched to take on the, uh, the transnational capital class, the, uh, please don't make me call them globalists. Cause then you'll think I'm a conspiracy theorist fuckers. What's up vegan succubus. You rock. Um, all right. On that note, I'm out of here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Love you guys.